0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, March 10th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related writing work at places like Baseball FYI and Friars on Base, or maybe even my non-baseball-related, more entertainment-oriented work at places like Nerdist, Metaphoss, Film Crit, and more, and hopefully many more in the future. Of this year Locked Padres podcast, guys, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or you can follow my personal account, which is Javapeno, Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Um, hit me up on both of those accounts if you feel like it, if you insist, and I'll do my very best to answer you back with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have, and maybe even have you make an appearance on today's show, you know? How nice of an incentive is that? Uh, but for today's show, guys, we are doing the special Division Day! Can you hear that sound, everybody? It's the sound of rivalry, I guess. Mmm. <laughs> you can smell it in the air, I guess. And, uh, today I'm talking with Ben Kaspic of Locked On Giants. Uh, we ask a lot, each other a lot of questions, and we get into the off-season stuff. I feel like there's not much more that needs to be said. So let's get it rolling! All right, everybody. As promised, as prophesized, this is definitely not the second time we've tried to record this. I am being joined by, you know, last week we had a division day. Now you're getting a new division day. Last week was the cowardly and just sinister, really nefarious team known as the Los Angeles Dodgers. But now we have the friendly Giants, the competitive Giants, the team that has won this division for so many years, but I don't really have any beef with them. Always some fun teams, including some of my favorite players in baseball for the last few years. I'm being joined by Sir Ben Caspic of Locked On Giants. Sir, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. This is, like you said, definitely not the second time we had to record this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, last time we talked, it was right before the Giants' hearts were broken by the mm-hmm. Padres in that last series of the year. So I'm looking forward to moving on and looking forward to today talking about the Padres and the Giants. I know the Padres have been really busy, and they're really exciting, so I look forward to talking about it and the season.
1: Yeah, for sure, and you know, last time we talked, so I think we should jump right into, let's talk about both of our teams' off-seasons, and I'll start because you mentioned, you know, they beat the pod, the, the Giants last season towards the end, which basically eliminated them from playoff contention, uh, which was very sad for you, and especially, it, it was some of the walk-offs, especially from, from Trent Grisham, so that was part of it, so it was a dramatic uh, I guess, way to end the season. But a lot has changed since then. You know, we've been in our lockdown chats where, you know, as I, if anybody knows, we have a Twitter group on on Lockdown uh, MLB. We all have, like, we all chat in there and give our takes and stuff. And it got dark, I'd say, for the majority of the beginning of the off season. We're heading into December and it's, you know, it's Christmas and we're all like, okay, the NBA is back. The NBA came back before we had any meaningful uh, kind of moves happen in baseball. And then December 27th happens. And that's what kickstarts everything. A.J. Preller, the god, the warlock himself, the, the magician of dark magic, A.J. Preller. He kicks everything off. And he has the 24-hour period. And I lost my mind. You probably remember in the group chat, I forgot how to speak pretty much. They trade for Blake Snell at like 11 o'clock at night or something like that. Maybe not that late, but like maybe 9 o'clock at night. I just finished eating dinner and I'm watching Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip and it's not a great show, but you know, I'm just, I'm, re- I'm relaxed and all of a sudden these trades happen. They bring in Blake Snell and 30 minutes later, they're like, yeah, by the way, uh, expect within the next day they're going to trade for you, Darvish too. And then, oh, by the way, they're signing Ha Sung Kim, one of the great KBO stars that we've had in a long time who hopefully will translate really well to the league. Definitely has a lot lot. of potential so that was exciting and they didn't even necessarily need him then that's the crazy part because then fast forward they've re-signed jerks and profar to a three-year 21 million dollar deal who had his best season in a while last year they still have jake cronworth so they've got depth there especially in the infield then they trade for someone joe musgrove who was he's not been amazing obviously for the majority of his career but He's had a really interesting stretch, especially like in his bunch of last September starts when he started using his curveball more and his strikeout percentage just started really going through the roof. So if he's legit, if he really has turned the corner and he's a late bloomer, that could be huge for the team as a four or five starter. Then they they bring in guys like Keon Keela and Mark Melanson to replace the fact that they lost Trevor Rosenthal uh, to free agency. Instead, they settle for some, you know, potentially just. They decided to split it. They moneyballed it, per se, uh, I guess uh, I guess you could say. And then, finally, the biggest move, probably they made, in, in actuality, the one that gets the most headlines, is they re-signed El Nino, Fernando Tatis Jr. himself, to a 14-year, $345 million contract. <laughs> 14 years, yes, that's that's which is quite the long time. Uh, they made all the headlines, man, and they, they were super excited. Now, all of a sudden, a team that – Last year, I called them a post-hype sleeper fringe playoff team. Now they're a World Series contender. So that's just where everything's going on my end. It's just been an absolute blast of a time, let me tell you.
0: Yeah, and it happened so fast. Like before mm-hmm. last season, we we came on and did a crossover. And we're talking about how the Padres had a lot of potential, but they hadn't proved it yet. And yeah, In the short season, they really prove it. And now they do seem like legitimate World Series contenders. So we'll get more into that later but i guess for now i'm going to talk about what the giants did this offseason.
1: yeah what did the giants do because everybody needs to remember ben called it last year i i very foolishly said there were four horseman teams of the apocalypse four teams that even in a shortened season i, I didn't think there was really anything for them and i did include the giants even me man even sometimes i king reyes is am incorrect so i'm just gonna to listen to you full blown and take everything at fact value <laughs> of what's gonna happen this year what the heck did the giants do because they did a lot i feel like uh low-key in the offseason
0: yeah, so they they made more Major League signings than any team, I believe. Uh, you know, wow. that was true about two weeks ago. They actually made an additional Major League signing uh, just the other day, bringing in Jose Alvarez, a lefty reliever. So the thing to know about the Giants is that they really, really hit last year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will say, yeah, well, it was 60 games, so who cares? It doesn't count. But, you know, as I said on these shows last year, they brought in new hitting coaches who changed the swings and the approaches of a lot of their players, and you could really see it. So with that in mind, going into the offseason, they add another piece to their offense in Tommy Lastella, who I think is a really underrated offensive player. If you look at what he's been able to do the last, I mean, basically in his career, but especially against right-handed pitching, he's just been absolutely lethal. And he fills a big need for the Giants who have a bunch of right-handed players at two different positions that Tommy Lastella plays third base and second base, where they have Evan Longoria, Donovan Solano, and Wilmer Flores. And the Giants are a team that platoons. They take advantage. If there's a player who struggles against one side but not the other, they're not going to let that player soak up a lot of at-bats against pitchers that they're not going to perform well against. And so that was kind of the case with Evan Longoria. He struggled against right-handed pitching in his Giants career. You bring in a Tommy Lastella, I really think he's going to take a lot of those. Evan Longoria against right-handed pitchers at bats away from him and then that was kind of their big offensive move I know it's a little bit of a low-key move I'm not saying he's a superstar but nice complimentary player but on the Mm -hmm. pitching side this is where the Giants really struggled in 2020 their starting pitching was mediocre at best with uh, Kevin Gosman was brought in last year on a one-year deal, and he, he pitched like a, like a borderline ace for them. Strikeout rate just shot through the roof, another development achievement by the Giants. So they bring him back on the qualifying offer. So he, he returns, Johnny Cueto returns, but then they filled out the rest of their rotation, signing guys to one-year deals. They signed Anthony DiSclefani. He's had some really nice seasons in Cincinnati. He's also been up and down, and that's kind of a trend. The Giants like to buy low, On players. And then, you know, that was the case with Kevin Gosman going into 2020, and it totally worked out. And they also brought in Alex Wood. Same exact story. He's had a lot of success in his career, but is coming off a down year that was ravaged by injuries. They also signed Aaron Sanchez, who at one point looked like one of the best young pitchers in baseball, led the American League with an ERA of 3.00 in, I think, 2016 but then has been inconsistent and injured ever since. But apparently he's healthy. He was throwing 98 in front of scouts uh, as recently as a few weeks ago. The Giants signed him like immediately after that bullpen session. So he rounds out that rotation. So I think there's a lot of risk, and there's injury risk with, with several of those guys, but there's also a lot of upside. So their rotation has become quite intriguing. They overhauled their bullpen quite a bit the guy who gave up that walk-off home run to Trent Grisham is gone. It's almost like they were like, we can't, we can't handle you. We can't even look at you. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> It'll hilarious. remind us too much. <laughs> Sam Coonrod, it's a long story with Coonrod, but they traded him away to the Phillies and got a prospect in return. They also traded Sean Anderson, who was in their bullpen, and they signed uh, Matt Whistler and Jake McGee, and like I said, Jose Alvarez. So they've remade their team quite a bit. The offense will mostly return with the addition of LaStella. And then, you know, everything else should look pretty different besides Gosman and Cueto. So I think they got a lot better, and they were quietly not bad in 2020.
1: All right, guys, just a quick second break for my talk with Bed to talk to you about something very important. We've been talking. I've been shouting from the mountaintops. About these things for months now. Of course, I am referring to you about Bilt Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazingly-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. They've got tons of flavors, and because of their great variety of flavors, it is no surprise to me that we're trying to find out which Bilt Bar is the best. It is time For Built Bar Madness, everybody, today's matchup is German Chocolate versus Salted Caramel, not necessarily the most exciting matchup of the tournament, if I do say so myself, but I will say I am siding with the Salted Caramel here just because it's a little bit sweeter. Just a little bit sweeter. German chocolate, it really did get the job done, though. So this is a a tough, contentious matchup, if you ask me. This is one of those where I'm like 60-40 on it. I don't know exactly how, or maybe even 51-49 on it, to be honest with you. At the moment, I'm feeling salted caramel, but if I had another taste of German chocolate, something tells me I might go with German chocolate. But I'm going salted caramel, just that much, a little bit sweeter, and I really do love caramel. I'm a sucker for caramel, usually, in every situation ever. So guys, that is my thoughts on the matchup. Go to BuiltBar.com or BuiltBar.com. Bar on Twitter, which is at Built underscore Bar. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar ever. And just another quick message, guys, today on the Locked On Today podcast, there was a lot of player movement in the NFL on Tuesday. Who were the winners and losers? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast, hosted by the great one, the iconic one, and the legendary one, Peter Bukowski. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. You won't want to miss it. But now, Ben. Here's the exciting part. Here's the exciting part. We probably, maybe we should have teased this at the beginning of the podcast. I don't know, but whatever. Now we're going to ask each other some questions that we have about each other's teams. And I, I don't know. Would you like
0: to go first? I could go first. Uh, what do you, how do you want to do this? I'll go first because I was the one doing the talking last time. So you know, <laughs> that's true. I, that's a good I, point. I finished out the last segment. So we'll switch it up. Okay. Um, with those moves that they made, bringing in you, Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, Ha Kim, And like a number of other moves, right? It wasn't just those moves. So, like I said, I think they legitimately became World Series contenders and among the best teams in baseball. So, my question to you is do you think they can challenge the Dodgers in the National League West? Can the Padres win the division for the first time since 2006 and win the NL West, take the NL West away? from that team, that dismal team down in Southern California, the other team in Southern California, away from them for the first time since 2012? The answer, the short answer is
1: yes. And the long answer is, let me explain why that's a yes. The reason is, here's the thing. All you numbers people out here, you know, all all you baseball fans are like, oh, wow, it's fun. Oh, look at the Padres. That's the best second place team I've ever seen. Shut up. Okay, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear from any of you the naysayers, right? Here's how I view it. The Padres, when you look at position to position, if someone told you that they th- – let's start with pitching. If they th- said, Denelson Lament will have a better season than Clayton Kershaw. Is it a little bit bold? Yeah. But is it completely inconceivable? No. Clayton Kershaw is getting a little bit older. Denelson LeMet was like a borderline like, top five finisher in the Cy Young last season. That could happen. Could, would it surprise you if someone's like, I think Blake Snell will be better than Walker Buehler? No, that shouldn't surprise you that much. And would it surprise you that much if Yu um, Darvish was better than Trevor Bauer? Believe it or not, out of all the three that I've talked about just now, that'd probably be the least surprising, to be honest with you. But that's the thing. It can kind of go both ways. So I don't understand this assumption that everyone's making, like, oh, yeah, the Dodgers got this. That's, that's very foolish, and, you know, let's not act like the Dodgers are necessary, but the baron of, let's just say they've had their tragic losses in, in certain ways, to certain people, name, pe- people's names who rhyme with, you know, Smalley, Wendrick. Uh, that's how I'll, I'll, I'll do the rhyme there. But the big thing with the Padres is going to be Dodgers have depth, and it's a little bit more proven consistency when it comes to the regular season. Can they match up with them? They bring in guys like Hassan Kim, like you just said, and they re-sign Jerks and Profar to have really like a stacked infield. And if need be, Jerks and Profar can also play in the outfield. So the big thing for me is going to be two things. Can their offense repeat last year? And I'm not talking about Tatis and Machado and even Grisham, Right. I think those guys are going to be fine. Grisham's also a sneaky 24 years old, and I think he's only going to get better. I'm talking more about Will Myers and Eric Hosmer, who are guys that were really big for the team last year. Hosmer didn't play as much. He was a little bit injured and whatnot for the first time in a while, but he's getting up there a little bit, a tiny bit sneaky in age. And is it legit, this whole launch angle thing? This guy very famously had like the lowest launch angle in the league, very bad defensive player, hits everything on the ground and nothing in the air, just wasn't a very good player, right? And then Will Myers, he'd shown signs before. He was a top prospect at one point. He won Rookie of the Year with the Rays. But this sudden burst of contact, right? This is a guy who used to be kind of like a 240 lifetime sort of hitter. And all of a sudden, I'm watching him last season stretch out over the plate like he's Mr. Fantastic and swinging the bat to get a little dump single into to pass the third baseman. I'm like, that's the – Will Myers – Like I haven't seen this before, and his clutch stats were really good, and everybody can check those up because I don't have them on me. But trust me, I'm right. Someone told me I was right when I was talking about it on a podcast with someone. So can those guys have basically their first consecutively good seasons for the first time in their career is going to be a big thing? And then on the pitching side of things, can Joe Musgrove and Chris Paddock be those four and five guys that look if those guys are your four and five, that really is honestly the a great summation of how good off the Padres are. Not to mention their prospect uh, Mackenzie Gore, the best pitching prospect in baseball. But if those guys can have really good seasons, is Musgrove legit? Is has he turned the corner? And can Paddock recover from his sophomore slump that he had last year? All of a sudden, that rotation is going to be very very scary and could propel them to winning a whole bunch of regular season games, may even cross the 100 mark, who knows? Uh, so that's why I think it takes for them to be good, or I should say not good, but extremely good. Uh, but at minimum, I think this is at least like a 93, 94 win team.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And perhaps better, they could win 100 games. You could have mm-hmm. two teams win 100 games. And it, from mm-hmm. my perspective, because of the way the playoff structure is now, I think it's tragic if you have both of the teams win 100 games or close to it, and one of them only gets a a, a wild card game, one wild card yep. game, and if you if you lose it, you're out. So I mm-hmm. think I think we need to think about changing the structure, yeah. but that's a topic for another day. Do you have a yeah. question for me?
1: Yes, I do. Well, first of all, I actually have three potential questions. Two of them are pretty like regular, you know, good, you know, analytical baseball questions, I guess you could say. And the other one's a little bit silly. Which ones? Which one would you like to hear first?
0: The analytical, then the silly. the analytical
1: type of stuff. So. What I would like to ask is the the Giants are not I don't think expected to be super you know contenders this year. What's going on with their farm system because I haven't really heard from them. I know they've got the catcher, I'm pretty sure Joey Bart, um and the shortstop. Is there any potential that those guys could be called up at some point during the season and if so what are kind of like your expectations for them?
0: Yeah, so the Giants are considered to have one of the better farm systems in the game. They're not quite in that upper, upper echelon where the Padres find themselves, mm-hmm. but some people have them in the top 10 and they're certainly trending in the right direction. A few years ago, they were. the consensus was that they were among the very worst. Joey Bart, you're absolutely correct, one of their top prospects, a catcher, he came up yeah. last year and he really struggled. He, he was kind of rushed and, and forced into that position because Buster Posey opted out of the 2020 season. So Bart comes up, he's rushed. Like he had only played a little bit above in the AA level. He had never played in AAA. And Buster Posey's coming back, right? This is the last mm-hmm. year of Buster Posey's guaranteed contract. And they feel comfortable like going into the season with Posey as their primary catcher. And they actually brought in a backup catcher in Kurt Casale, who's a pretty good... Mm -hmm. secondary catcher so i think joey bart they're going to send him to the minor leagues and if and when they call him up it's going to be because they think he's ready they're not going to force him into like an everyday role so you mentioned the shortstop that's marco luciano who many consider to be their number one prospect even though he's just 19 years old and has never played even at the high a level he's in he's in major league camp right now very, very unlikely he would make the major league team this year. It would take some kind of miracle and just like Juan Soto like rise through a system. So at some point, Marco Luciano is gonna come up and and many consider him to be a top ten prospect in all of baseball. People say he could be the number one prospect in all of baseball as time goes on. But in terms of other guys who can make an impact this year, Elliot Ramos was the Giants' first round pick in 2017. And He's doing well in spring. He just hit a couple home runs in a game the other day. And he's a guy you could see in 2021. So I think Bart and Ramos you may see, but we'll have to wait on Luciano and just know that, that the rest of the system is pretty good too and probably only going to get better. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's the crazy part, just to brag for a second, the fact that the Padres are this good and then they have these top prospects with Abrams and Gore, uh, I think, are the two top ten prospects. Yes, I'm pretty sure Abrams vaulted into the top ten now. Um, The fact that they still have that is really great. But like you said, you know, I'm curious to see what happens with the Giants, but I want to now ask you the silly question, uh, which is how depressing is it to watch Evan Longoria? It's just a question. You know, it's a little mean, but I remember when this guy was a stud on the Rays. Some people said this might he looks like a future Hall of Famer. And now I'm looking at him with an on base of like 300. Like, what is that like? What is it like watching that Ben,
0: It's <laughs> depressing and it was frustrating when they were just handing him every day at bats. Like mm-hmm. I said when I mentioned Tommy Lastella, if you look at the trends, if you look at, you know, he's actually done pretty well against left-handed pitching and his glove still plays. And so if he can if you can just get that above average production you're getting when he faces a lefty and a good defense then you can live with that but it's it's depressing him watching him play against righties and frustrating because actually down the stretch in 2020 before the Padres came into town and ripped out the hearts of Giants fans the Giants played the Rockies and Evan Longoria had a couple of moments where he had a chance to like win a game and was not able to come through like you know runner on third one out, winning run on third, one out. Too many ground balls like you mentioned with Hosmer. Oh, he hit into a bunch of double plays. It is depressing. Just the short answer is that it is depressing because we never got good Evan Longoria. We've only had this version of Evan Longoria.
1: And huzzah everybody! Hold on one second. I am back to take another interruption from our great discussion with Ben here to talk to you about betonline.ag. Betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football has been long over, but the NBA is gonna start back up soon. College basketball at the NHL are in full swing. We're gonna be having the March Madness tournament coming up soon. You better start filling out your brackets and whatnot. And of course, baseball. Baseball will be here before you know it. And Bet even covers awards, TV shows, and and reality TV, real-time updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. That's right. Not many things in life are free, but it is free in this case to sign up, guys. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code locked on when doing so. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. But now I guess uh we've basically kind of broken it down. I feel like usually you add these uh, type of crossovers with being like, who will be the better team in 2021 or whatever? And I mean, not to be mean, but I feel like that's not really that interesting of a question. It's just kind of obvious. But, you know, let's just talk about the NL West, I think, for a second. Let's just talk about the NL West and baseball. Let's just let's just have a little, little chat, Ben. Uh, the NL West is extremely top-heavy. And I, we alluded to this at the beginning of the pod. And that's because of the Dodgers and the Padres, who, like you said, it's not inconceivable that both of these teams win 100 games. Now you look at teams like the D-backs and especially the Rockies who, I mean, I, look, at least you're not the Rockies. Everybody out there, at least you're not the Rockies. If you're not a Rockies fan right now, congratulations. Because that team is just hopeless. There's not even, okay, so the Pirates are bad, right? Um, the, the, the Tigers are bad, right? But there's at least seems to be a vision. There seems to be a plan of being like, okay, at least down the line we'll be good. If you're a Rockies fan, you're like, can you just rip the Band-Aid off and trade Trevor Story? Like, at this point, just do it. Like, it might be the only way we get any type of a return. But even then, I bet I wonder if Rockies fans are like, screw it, I just want to watch Trevor Story. I don't trust this front office uh, to even get uh, a good return. We already saw what happened with Arenado. Um, thankfully, our teams don't have to face that guy anymore. But not to make this lockdown Rockies all of a sudden, but I don't know, man. It's, it's definitely a division that's not going to be super hyper-competitive. But I'm also curious, um, what are your thoughts on kind of the – the DH not making a return here in uh, 2021.
0: I was surprised at how much I actually didn't mind the DH. I think mm. it benefited the Giants specifically because they have they have some <laughs> defensively challenged players. Uh, <laughs> we saw a lot of that early in the season. They they had real problems on defense. Mm-hmm. And with some of their guys, like Wilmer Flores, as an example, he Oof, made an impact with his bat. He actually had a huge moment against the Padres hitting that yep three-run homer against Drew Pomeranz before the Trent Grisham home run. That was in the same game. Mm -hmm. Those were the only runs Pomeranz allowed all year. So not having the DH potentially takes away at-bats from players that the Giants would want to have at-bats, like Wilmer Flores, like Darren Ruff, who also quietly had a really strong season. So I think it'll eventually come to the National League permanently the, the league is trying to like hold it over the players yeah, and say, like, hey, you. we'll give you the DH if you give us expanded playoffs. But I don't think that's a fair trade. I think both sides want it at mm-hmm. this point. So I'd like to know mm-hmm. your thoughts, but I want to quickly echo what you said about the National League West. And I, I think you'll enjoy talking with Ryan Latica from Locked on Rockies. <laughs> he's, he's just a scathing review of that front office, and it was really <laughs> fun talking to him last week. If you missed that, you should go check it out. It was a lot of fun. But it's interesting because I feel like the the Rockies and the Diamondbacks are kind of at the bottom. The Giants are like the balancing act between those mm-hmm. those That's two teams and it, the two, yeah. two two teams ahead of them. So yeah, yeah. The Giants. Your thoughts and the and the thoughts on the DH.
1: If the Giants are like in the NL Central, they might have a chance to win the division. You know, what I mean? totally <laughs> agree. Totally agree. It's just totally. It, it's funny that the Cardinals were kind of like. All right, I guess we'll trade for Aeronaut. <laughs> it's like it nobody so did anything for the longest time. It's like that division's like wide open, and the Cubs are like, yeah, get rid of Darvish and we'll put out Chris Bryant rumors and all that stuff. So that, that was just very odd. Um, I think what the DH thing is, I, I, for one, I thought that it was really remarkable how quickly, or not how quickly, but you didn't get anybody like mouthing off on Twitter. You can't get, get any like pundits being like, oh, this is the worst. And I kind of expected that because this is the same league that was worried about replay for like 20 years. Um, And I know that it kind of got uh, exacerbated after. Always forget the guy's name. The guy who lost the perfect game to Jim Joyce, uh, the home plate empire, the pitcher for the Armando Galarraga. There we go. Um, That it kind of that brought up the issue again. And there are all these people. It's going to slow the pace of play. Oh, no. It's going to be like in football and basketball. And I've always believed this. I will take this take take this take it's a weird way to phrase it mm-hmm. to the grave right I do not think that the pace of this of the play of baseball is an issue I think it is the length of the season that is an issue I will stand by this till I die I think it's weird that we're still trying to figure out who wins a division when football is already starting you live in the United States guys nobody cares anymore once football starts and it stinks because I have so many friends Who like in college? They're like they're they're like yeah my my roommates put on playoff baseball. Why do I care so much? Like they're like I I shouldn't be this excited watching playoff baseball. I have no idea what's going on, but the intensity is there. Playoff baseball is so 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 good, and there's been so many great games. Even this last postseason was great, but like you said, with the expanded postseason, that I think is what they're trying to get, and I think that would be a disaster. I already talked about just mentioned too long of a season. Imagine how even less exciting a long season is when you know that if you go 79 and 81 you can make the postseason potentially like are you are, what like are you kidding me like football has that that issue sometimes where like that seven and nine team makes the playoffs or whatever but that's like very rare and it's always the freaking NFC East to be honest with you but in this case I would be like why do I have to watch this not only does it make it that you know, the regular season games don't matter nearly as much, but you're going to have teams, like you said, the Padres and Dodgers, if they win like 100 plus games, how is it fair that they get to play the Marlins who finished, like I said, 79 and 81, and then potentially lose a three-game series? That's just ridiculous to me, and I think it's just an obvious kind of greed uh, incentive from the uh, baseball uh, league uh, side of things. Um, Even if there is something kind of exciting about that almost March Madness-esque, first day that we had in the playoffs this past season. It was fun, but I would rather treat that as a novelty season that we all remember as, hey, remember that one time the Marlins made it? You know, hey, remember when that one time when the Brewers made it, this not being all that great, the Cubs were like the three seed or whatever? Like, I'd rather that just be a fun memory for people to look back on versus something that we actually want to implement going forward because I think that it would mess up the game. Uh, I think less games is actually better. I know it messes up records, but whatever. We got to get over it. Got to keep the sport relevant, and I just think that there's too much content, man. I, there are times when I'm watching baseball seasons where I'm like, how about instead of watching the Padres play the D backs for the sixth time this year, let me watch a movie instead. I'll wake me up on the playoff start. I think that's more of an issue with baseball. I talked a
0: lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's interesting. We could probably do a whole podcast talking about that, yeah. mm-hmm. but I think we need to probably wrap up. I do have one mm-hmm. more rapid fire question. I thought it would be Let's fun. Do it. How many wins are the other Padres going to have in 2021?
1: I'm gonna be slightly conservative and say 97.
0: Damn! <laughs> Isn't
1: that crazy? <laughs> it's conservative like, you know, listen, at
0: 97. I wish <laughs> for me for the Giants. No, the the, the most projected question I've seen is like
1: 94. Yeah, for you, yeah. What, what's going on? What's uh? What's the project? Because that's an interesting thing. Is very I don't. The Giants are almost in purgatory right now. What is their kind of expectation, expectations? Expectations win wise for the season.
0: The expectation and and the goal is to finish above 500, which has been mm-hmm. they have not done that since 2016. A lot of projection systems out there have them in the mid 70s. I think that's wrong, and mm-hmm. I have them at 86 and 76.
1: Everybody, that's Ben Caspic. He was right about it last year. No, they didn't make the playoffs, but he said, "Don't sleep on the Giants." So, all of you metric, you know, grading nerds out there, listen to Ben because he actually knows what he's talking about. He, he's called a lot of things. Uh, right this last year. But it's been a blast, man. I'm really looking forward to the season. It has been a somewhat tumultuous offseason, sometimes boring. But I think that baseball coming back is going to be a whole lot of fun, especially in the current time period that we are all in, staying in our houses and having to worry about a pandemic and all that stuff. So really looking forward to and looking forward to the Padres, hopefully beating the Giants a whole bunch of times this season. And zip, zappy, doo, doo, bongo, everybody that about does it for this chat. With Sir Bedcast. but that's Division Day, everybody. Isn't that fun? When you can just look forward to a, a nice crossover every single Wednesday. It's really great, and you can you remember to check out the rest of the Lockdown Network. There's plenty of other crossovers going on for every division you might be interested in, and maybe divisions you might not be interested in. But our esteemed and wonderful hosts will help you get through it. It's really great. It's great times. But before we talk to you about uh, the future of this podcast and you know uh, close things out, I want to talk to you about fa- Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Fantasy Baseball Dicks You to, you know, the the stats of the game and everything, and now we have a new resource to help satiate that addiction, you know what I mean? And give you an advantage in your leagues, that's Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cohen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Season long fantasy, Dynasty Leagues, DFS, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts can't wait can't wait to for fantasy baseball season Uh, not as much as regular baseball season. Do not get me wrong, but I can't wait for fantasy baseball season Uh, for the rest of this podcast. Go guys. I just want to talk to you. You know, tomorrow we're going to be having our chat with Kat Garcia, who's a freelance baseball writer. I've been teasing this for a bunch. Now we're going to be talking about her piece on uh, radio and baseball and what the kind of how it incorporates so well compared to other sports. And we give some of our memories about uh, the radio and all that. And it's, it's a lot of fun and talking about some Chicago sports stuff a little bit too, and just regular baseball stuff and what we're looking forward to, I think for the season. So it's a fun chat. I'll also be doing a little bit of some spring training recap because I feel like a lot of people want to know what's going on with this Tucapita Marcano guy. You know, what's going on with Jorge Onya? Who is the front rider for those last kind of bench spots? So I'll definitely be talking about that as well. For Friday's pod, haven't totally decided yet. I might do a break breakdown uh, kind of discussing Dodgers versus Padres type of position by position. Who has an advantage at each position type breakdown? Might do that. Just uh, just depends what mood I'm in. So for now, it's a mystery. I guess I'll figure it out tomorrow. Probably. I I still have to figure it out. I've been, I've, I've had a busy week. Give me give me a break, guys. But uh, anyway, that about does it, guys, for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. And remember, to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from: Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast wherever and be sure to send me some five-star reviews if you can while on the apple Podcasts app that would be greatly appreciated and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my fire faithful homies take care